Thank you, Brother Reed. Good evening again, friends. A happy privilege to be here tonight again to serve in the name of our dear Lord Jesus Christ. His many blessings that he's bestowed upon us. Just wonder herself while we was at Jonesboro, but the Lord has sent us this away. So we are happy to be here. Don't want to take more time than we can. I got to hear that lovely song that was just sang just then by our, our sisters. Listen to the voice. I trust that's what we will all do tonight. Listen to the voice of the Savior. Now, in each evening, I said before, we got a crowd of people in here where we couldn't, uh, you know, sometimes it gets kind of congested and we... Now, I've tried to hold down in what I would call maybe speak a little. We've been trying to exalt Jesus Christ to the people. And I, someone said one time, said, Brother Brenham, you sure brag on him a lot. I said, he's worthy of every bit of it. <laughs> That's right. I just can't brag too much on him. He's life. He's my only hope. He's, he's only, all I have. He's my joy, my peace, my salvation, my healer, all that I have. So I haven't got much more to talk about. So let's <laughs> talk about him. My little girl the other day was singing. She said, Daddy, I know a good song for you. I said, watch it. I'll sing it for you. There's a little school song. You probably sing it in your Bible schools or something. Let's talk about Jesus. The King of kings is he, the Lord of lords, supreme throughout eternity. The great I am, the way, the truth, the light, the joy. <laughs> something else. She really had a song of it. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. So... The truth, the light, the door. Let's talk about Jesus more and more. That's the way it was. And I said, well, that's right, honey. Just keep talking about him. Um, I was going to start tonight and just put most of my time into the praying for the sick. Brother Reed said, they, those people like to hear you speak a little once in a while. So I, the manager usually does his preaching, his speaking, so I just usually pray for the sick. I never did claim to be any preacher. I was telling Brother Reed, you hear not long ago I was preaching in Louisville, Dr. Cobble's church. He used to be the dean of Asbury. He's one of the greatest fundamental churches that part of the South. And I was preaching there one night, and I, and I guess what I call getting blessed, I just got to feeling real good. And I didn't have any theological experience, you know, so I just hit and hang and carry and... <laughs> One more. So I was doing the best I could, and I got to preaching so hard that after a while I happened to notice I got slobbered. <laughs> I tucked the sleeve and wiped it off the pulpit like that. <laughs> My wife would have got me for that. But I said, y'all excuse me. I said, I just come back from Canaan and been eating some of them grapes over there, and it caused me to slobber. <laughs> I just love him. <laughs> at Fort Wayne, Indiana, I was at the Rediger Gospel Tabernacle there. And I was having a service here not long ago. That's where Mr. Lehman was healed. That caused me his... He was a friend of the King George's private secretary. He was healed of multiple cirrhosis after being a bed patient for 10 years. So in a vision was healed. I remember one night I got back was coming back. I was sitting in Paul Rader's study, 
And I heard that song come in, Only Believe, and I thought it was right in that same study room where Paul Rader wrote the song, Only Believe. I just weeping like a baby. And after the service that night, I was talking. That's where We the People wrote that service up in that famous magazine of We the People about a little blind girl being healed. And so they, uh, there's a fellow that I guess knowed as much about as Mr. Webster, at least he thought he did. <laughs> he said, Brother Branham said, your grammar is very poor. I said, yes, sir, I know that. <laughs> he said, oh, at the, at the mistakes you made tonight. I said, yes, sir. I said, that's, that's right. I said, I'm sorry. I said, I was raised in a big family, and I didn't get an education. And I said, uh, my father died, and I had to work to have to take care of ten children. I said, I didn't get a chance to get any education. He said, oh, but that's no excuse now. And I said, well, that's right. I said, but since this ministry's come on, I said, I can't even get a chance to eat my dinner at home, let alone study grammar. I said, I'm just people praying for the sick. He said, oh, but said, you could take a correspondence. You could do something. said, I noticed one, one mistake that you certainly made that you ought to correct. I said, what? He said, the people coming by this pulpit. He said, your congregation appreciates you more if you said pulpit and not pulpit. <laughs> just kind of pulled me a little hard. I said, look, brother, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but them people out there don't care whether I say pulpit or pulpit. The only thing they want me to do is preach the gospel good and clear in the everyday language and live what I preach, and then God performs the signs and wonders and takes care of the rest of it. So that's right. Isn't that right? So the main thing is produce what you're talking about. That's right. If God will back up your word, if it was pulpit or pulpit. It'll be just the same. <laughs> Tonight, for a few moments, if you'll spare the time, I'd like to read some scripture. I have two places in the Bible, and just talk to you a few moments. And then we'll go right in and have prayer for the sick. And I want to read out of Acts, the first chapter of Acts, the eighth verse. Jesus commissioned his disciples, but you shall receive the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses of me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And over in Exodus, the fourth chapter, God commissioned Moses. Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say, The Lord has not appeared unto thee. And the Lord said unto him, What is that in thy hand? And he said, A rod. Now we bow our heads just a moment. Our Heavenly Father, we thank thee tonight for the word. Jesus, our Lord, said, Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. And we thank thee for thy written word. And now, Father... We pray that the great sore of all ages, the Holy Spirit, will sow the seed into the hearts of the people, and may it be watered and bring forth a great harvest of souls and healings for those who are already wayfaring men in the way. Forgive us of our many sins and trespasses. We pray that you'll bless us now. And open the word 
O Lamb of God, we have we might read from the Bible, but thou art the only one who can open the book or loose the seals thereof. The Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Help us tonight. And may the Holy Spirit take the Word of God and place it in every heart just where it's needed. Give us great faith, Lord. That's what we're needing. A stimulation of faith, stirring. We look across and think of the lands tonight, down to the many countries, the poor people setting. I think of America and all of its great education, great seminaries, great churches and cathedrals. And yet in all of it, lost. The rain of falling, and they build their great ecclesiastical concreted troughs that runs the rain off of the people and says, it's for another day. But the heathen in the parched lands are holding up their hands to receive it. God send laborers to the harvest field quickly. We're in desperate need there. Just here lingering along in homelands before shoving across the seas where I believe you'll save a half a million souls. I pray, God, that you'll anoint with your spirit tonight and help us all to get a vision of the coming of the Lord, for we believe it's near at hand. May the feeble knees that was once hanged down, the feeble hands hanging down the knees that's drooped, may we rise tonight in the name of the Lord Jesus and be strong, go out into battle, buckle on the whole armor of God, and fight till the finish. Bless us now and open the word to us and be with us in the healing service. We'll praise thee, for we ask that in the name of thy child, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'd like to speak just a few moments. Not a subject, but just I was just coming before Billy come to pick me up. He said last night, said, they had to sing only, believe, three times the train held us up, so they said, let's go early enough tonight, Dad, so they won't. So we come right straight back. I was standing in the room there, early, listening to the service. I was reading of this, and I happened to think about, um, you shall receive power if the Holy Spirit's come up on you. That's what God commissioned his disciples and then when he commissioned Moses, he said, What is that in thy hand? Let's drop our thoughts back tonight to the God commissioning Moses, the prophet. <clears throat> he had done wrong. He had got away from God and had slain a man. And he had went back on the backside of the deserts and married a, a woman back there by the name of Zipporah, and an Ethiopian. And he had two children born to him by her, and he was herding Jethro, his father-in-law's sheep, way back on the backside of the desert, running from God, just like a man, running from his calling, taking up the material things. There's probably a many man sitting here tonight that if he'd just done what God told him to a long time ago, he'd been preached the gospel somewhere. Do something. Don't just stand still. Get out again, not a preacher, testify. Do something somewhere. 
Don't stand still if you're washing the dishes while testify to the neighbor. Get out and pass tracks. Do something. Don't stand still. What is in your hand? Get doing something. And whatever is at your hand, use it. And I can see Moses as he's going along herding some sheep one morning, probably thinking about the days. He's about 80 years old then. Some people say, well, I'm too old. Moses wasn't when he was 80. <clears throat> so it'd been 40 years God child trained him back there on the backside of the desert. And then getting him ready, preparing him for the service of the Lord. And then there was a burning bush, and Moses stepped up to the burning bush to look at it. I don't believe to criticize it. It was a lot of fire and burning and carrying on, so they, he thought he'd just walk aside to see why it wasn't consumed. And while he was uh, walking up close to it, the Lord said, Take off your shoes, uh, you're on holy ground. And what if Moses said, I'll just take off my hat, Lord, that'll be just as good. But God didn't tell him his hat, he said his shoes. I believe we must do just what the Scripture says do. No matter how hard it seems and how indifferent from our teaching, we've got to do what God said do. If he said shoes, he meant shoes. Moses slipped off his shoes and started walking up. And that was the, the angel of the Lord, Jesus Christ, sitting in that bush, the pillar of fire. That led the children of Israel through the wilderness, and any teacher knows that the the angel of the covenant was Jesus Christ. <clears throat> he was the rock that was in the wilderness. He was in the brass serpent. He was in all the patriarchs. He was in David. He was down through the New Testament, and he's in his church tonight. Just the same Jesus yesterday, today, and forever. It changes not. <clears throat> now, we notice <clears throat> that when this bush was burning in Moses, the Lord spoke to him. And told him that he was going to send him down into Egypt to, to bring his children out. He'd heard their crying down there. And Moses, like all men, makes excuse. He wasn't eloquent and he was slow of speech and he was a stammer and so forth. And God said, now who made the mouth of man? Who did it? Didn't I do it? Moses still, he just said, well, I would you send somebody else? And, trying to, and God's anger kindled against Moses. And then he told him that Aaron was coming and... Fix the program up because if God would permit, and I get to stay a few days longer, I'd like to teach something It would be very vital for you. When God determines anything, you're going to do it anyhow. That's right. God has his way set, and you're going to do it. So you just might as well give in, start to work. That's all. So God told Moses that he was sent up Aaron, and you know what Aaron could speak pretty well, so he got Aaron on the road to meet him. Now, he said, show me your glory. Moses wanted to see God's glory. And God, when he showed him his glory, he said, now put your hand in your bosom. And he pulled it out. It was leprosy. He put his hand back in his bosom, pulled it out again, and it was healed. Then the glory of God must be divine healing, isn't it? That's right. So he done another miracle with a stick, turned it to a serpent, and then picked it up again and become a snake. Then the snake becomes a stick. Then he said that was God's glory and signs, wonders, and divine healing. And as God was then, that same burning bush, the same pillar of fire, is the same Jesus Christ tonight doing the same things among his people. He always sends signs and wonders 
to vindicate his presence. No matter what they bypass this and explain this away and explain that away, still the Bible remains the same, just the same. God remains the same. And then we notice that he gets ready to go down to Egypt now. And could you imagine? Let's just draw a little picture. If you want to see something looks ridiculous, somebody said, well, that bunch of... I remember what my church said to me when I first taken with the Pentecostal people. Said, well, Billy, you'll be a holy roller after a while. I said, well, maybe I already am a holy roller. <laughs> so then he said, oh, how they put the ridiculous side on there. Oh, how they're a bunch of people that doesn't understand and so forth. Now, you want to talk about something ridiculous. Let's look coming down across the hill here now. One beautiful morning. The sun's arising, the birds are whistling. Here comes an old man, 80 years old, whiskers flying this way and up, white hair bushing behind him, a leading a little old mule with a wife setting a straddle with a young one on each hip, crooked stick in his hand. Here he goes. Where are you going, Moses? Going down to Egypt to take over. <laughs> a one-man invasion going to Egypt. <laughs> Why, Egypt would just be like going over and taking over Russia. <laughs> The best mechanized units in the world was right there, but God told him, I'm going to send you down to take over. Well, you mean you're going to take over? Sure. Why, by your, yeah, God said so. That's right. You say, are you going to take, sure, we're going to take over now. That's all. God said so. That's right. As long as God said so, amen. That's, that's settled. If God said so, you can do it. Is that right? Well, then let's just take over right now and to tell the devil that he ain't going to have no more to do with us. Every sick person's going to be healed. Every blinded eye's going to be opened. Every deaf's going to hear. Every dumb tongue's going to speak. Every sinner's going to fall at the platform and give their hearts to Christ. We're going to take over. See? God give it to us. Going on over to take over. Well, well, that's ridiculous, man. Could you imagine that? This old man kind of limping along, you know, this stick in his hand. Going down the beard, say, where are you going? Say, going to take over. God said so. I'm going down to take over all Egypt. Oh, my. And he did. Certainly he did. He went out and took over because God was with him. So what you got in your hand? He said a stick. Wasn't very much, but it was a stick. Well, you may not have very much in your hand tonight. You say, well, Brother Bram, I can't even whistle, let alone testify. Well, brother, you can do something. Whatever's in your hand, get going. We're at the end of the road, brother. Let's get out here tomorrow. Let's testify to somebody. Let's do something about something. Don't stand still. You say, well, I've been a timid person. Moses said the same thing. Just reminds me one time over a football stadium I was preaching in. I walked in. It said a little sign up over there. Said it's not the size of the dog in the fight; it's the size of the fight in the dog. <laughs> so that's a good idea. You may not be so very big, but get a lot of fight about you. You've got to get into it. Anything I hate to see is a spineless person call themselves a Christian. My God, won't somebody with grit and backbone? I like old Buddy Robinson said, "Lord, give me the backbone the size of a sawlog, but plenty of knowledge in the Gabriel into my soul, and let me fight the devil as long as I got one tooth, and then gum him till it dies." And he did. That's right. I like that. He got out in the cornfield and he said, Lord, if you don't give me the baptism of the Holy Ghost, when you come back to earth, you're going to find a pile of bones laying right here. God gave him the Holy Ghost. You've got to get determined. That's right. 
Get ready. Take over. God said so. Let's go take over. That's what God wants us to do. That's what God wants us to do tonight. God's always willing to give us if we are ready to receive it. That's right. God's made the promise, so it's ours. The promise isn't to you and to your children. To them, it's far off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So the promise is here. Joshua and Caleb, when they went over, I like that thought there. When they come over, the ten come back and said, Oh, we look like grasshoppers up the side of it. Joshua and Caleb said, We can do it. That's right. Why? God promised we could do it. God said we could do it. God promised our fathers that we just, that was our land, and that belongs to us. No matter if they got walled cities and they looked like giants and everything else, he quit looking at giants and started looking at God's Word. And when men and women quit looking at their sickness and diseases and start looking at what God said about it, you'll take over. Amen. All things are subject to Jesus Christ, and all things are subject to you in prayer when you ask in His name and believe. Amen. Ask what you will in my name, and it will be done. That's right. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe you receive it, you shall have it. God said so. So let nothing stand in your way. Stop looking at the things you're looking at here. Look at the unseen. God said we could do it. Joshua seen the same thing. He said, gather the Israelites up and down this river here. You're going to see the glory of God. Yes, sir. How are you going to get across the river? That's not my business. It's my business to walk down to the river. It's God's business to open it up when I get there. That's right. It's your business to testify and claim your healing. Say, I'm healed. And it's God's business to take care of it after you testify and proclaim it. That's right. God give you a dare to try it. So now just take it tonight and find out whether it's right or not. I like that. Man, any man in the Bible and any man through the age that's ever had any get up about him has been man who dared to stand there and call black, black, and white, white. That's right. Took God at his promise and stood there. I can think of a, a bunch of Israelites gathered one day up on the hillside. There's a great big old giant by the name of Goliath. Walked out there. The devil's like that. When he gets the edge on you, he thinks he's really got you then. Walked out there about eight, ten foot tall in armor and spear and everything. Said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll just make an agreement with you Israelites. Let's not shed so much blood, in other words. Now, I'll let your best men come fight with me, which for Saul, I suppose the biggest, seven foot. He said, now, let the best man come fight with me. If I whip him, then you all serve our country. And if, we, if, if he whoops me, then we'll serve you. Because he knew there was no, nobody there. He his side. Nobody was trained like him. Nobody could fight him. So he hauled and made a big boast and just kept on like that. And the armies of God sitting over on the other side of the hill. But God had a little old sheep razor back over on the other side of the pasture there. Amen. He's always got somebody he can put his finger on. So I can see God just speak to David's heart and say, Go up to his daddy. He said, I want you to take some raisins and some things. Go out to the battlefront and see how your brothers is getting along. Oh, my. He's got them moving around somewhere. When the old wheels come time for it to hit, God's got his man standing there. Don't you worry. That's right. He's got the man right on the job when the time comes. So then about time David got up there and began to, they began to eat some fresh raisins and a little mutton and so forth. I guess he had brought them out there to the battlefront and talked about the battle. Old Goliath come out and made a great big ha-haw. And he said it one time too many. <laughs> There happened to be a little fellow over there just about so high, you know, with a little sheepskin coat wrapped around. said, who's that guy? <laughs> yes, sir, who's that fellow? Why, they said, that's Goliath. My, he's just got everything stumped around here. Why, he said, do you mean to tell me 
that you'll let that uncircumcised Philistine stand there and defy the armies of the living God? That wasn't David. No, sir. Hallelujah. There's a lot of fight in that boy. <laughs> yes, sir. He, he know what God has promised. Oh, my. And you mean to tell me that you'll let these uncircumcised Philistines tell you that the days of miracles is past when Jesus Christ is saying yesterday, today, and forever? No, sir. You mean to tell you, let me tell you, the baptism of the Holy Ghost ain't just as real today as it was the day that it fell on the day of Pentecost? When it's to your children and you that far off, he said, you shall receive power after this the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Then you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, Jonesburg, and the oldermost parts of the earth. That's what's the need today, is the Holy Spirit, spunk, grip, get out there and do something about it. Say, oh, well, now, you just, I heard a fellow say the other day that sickness, the Lord did sickness, put sickness on you. That might be so if you're sinning. You've done something wrong, make it right with God. That's right. That's true. But sickness is of the devil. And sickness is an attribute of sin. Because of sin, we had sickness. Not because maybe you sinned, but it's something that come down through the generations. He visited him to the third and fourth generation. But the blood of Jesus Christ taken away sin and it taken away sickness. If you, Davids, are ready to claim your place. Yes, sir. And he said, you mean to tell me that you'll let that Philistine stand out there and defy the armies of the living God? And they said, oh, now here, son, now you just better go back and uh, go back home a little while. You haven't had any experience yet. You know, you're just a lad. You're just a small fella. <laughs> you don't know very much about these things. So I'd better, you better run on back home. David said, I'll go fight him. Are you fellas afraid? Well, I'll go fight him. Don't, why, why, sure we wouldn't let him stand there and defy the armies of the living God. And the first thing you know why they said, well, you can't fight him. Was well, he said, take me up to Saul. So they took him up and said, say, this little upstart here of a boy is trying to go out there and go out and fight that giant. Why, well, he said, what about it? Why, well, Saul said, why, well, you, why, well, that man said, I enjoy, uh, admire your courage, son. But that man is a warrior from his youth. Why, well, he's trained in his uh, armored all over, and brother, he's got all the DDs there is in the theological seminary to pin on him. <laughs> Don't try to tackle that guy, but God's still the same. That's right. You build troughs this way and that way, but still the rain will fall just the same. God's determined the rain's going to fall. That's right. Oh, you can't tackle him. My David said, well, I can't. He said, let me go fight him. He said, well, I admire your courage, but you can't do it. Well, when he seen David was determined, so he reached down and got his own big armor and put it on David. Could you imagine that? That little bitty David standing there almost bow-legged with that big armor. We, Saul found out that that theological vest of his didn't feel a man of God. And usually it don't. That's right. When a man of God is born of the Spirit of God, brother, he goes with God. Notice him. Here he was. He said, let me go find him. So he took this little sling in his hand. He said, let me go with what I know that I've tried. I've proved this thing, and I know it's all right, have you? <laughs> Amen. The Holy Spirit, not somebody's 
embalming fluid that they pushed into you by some of their seminaries, but I mean by the power of the Holy Ghost. You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Someone the other day teaching said, talking about Apollos up there, that good Baptist preacher. Paul walked up to him and said, Oh, yes, you're a fine fellow, but have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He said, Oh, oh I thought I got the Holy Ghost when I believed. They still teach that, but it's wrong. Faith's all right. Faith is true good. Faith, God, God, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him by, uh, for righteousness. But God gave him the seal of circumcision as the seal of his faith. Brethren, when you got pure, genuine faith in God, God will give you the baptism of the Holy Ghost as the seal of the promise, which is the seal that you have faith. You might make a, a, a some kind of an impression or make people believe, or you might say you got faith, but when you really got genuine, unadulterated faith, God will give you the baptism of the Holy Ghost as the seal of the promise. Amen. That's not skim milk now, children. I remember. Take it. Believe it. Put your faith and turn it loose, shut it with God, and the Holy Ghost will come upon you. He promised it. Then, brother, the devil looked like a little bitty fellow. Man was telling me the other night, said he had a dream, and said he dreamed the devil is a little bitty old devil got after him, and said, the devil said, boom, and he jumped back. Every time he jumped back, the devil got bigger. He jumped back, and he jumped back, and he jumped back, and the devil got bigger and bigger all the time. And after a while, he, he knew he had to fight that devil. So the only thing he had to do then, he said he just reached over and got the Bible. He kept back and back. Said he made a hit at him and the devil started getting littler, going down. Said he only had to fight him sometime. Uh, brother, every time he hollers, boo, and you jump back, he'll just keep getting bigger. But when you take God's word and stand there and say, Thus saith the Lord, it's written. He'll take his flight, he'll get littler. When you look up there and say, Well, look here, what kind of condition you're in? I'm not looking at this, I'm looking at what he says. Amen. God had promised. David got this little old sling, picked up five stones, put one in the slingshot. Old Goliath looked over at him and said, Well, what am I, a dog? Look what's coming to fight me. He didn't understand what it was all about. He said, Well, today, he cursed him in the name of his gods, and he said, Well, today I'll give your flesh to the birds. David said, You meet me as a Philistine in the name of a Philistine with an arm and a spear, but I'll meet you in the name of the Lord God of Israel. And this day, God will give me... Why? He knew what he believed. He had that little old slingshot wrapped around in his fingers like this. No way he went to meet Goliath. Around and around and around. What is that? He had five stones. J-E-S-U-S. What was in five fingers? F-A-I-T-H. Faith wrapped up in Jesus. And here he went. <laughs> it sent the rock to the killing place and down went Goliath. You know what happened? Then the Israelites took courage in a way they went and they cut Philistines from the walls. If just take one person that's got enough courage to step out and say, it's right and God said so, brother, you'll down a Goliath and your whole family will go to cutting Philistines the first thing you know. What's that in your hand? What can you do? Testify saying, do something other on the job. Do something for the glory of God. I see in the day of Judges, a little old fellow named Shamgar found over the book of Judges. And the Philistines would come in and take off everything that they had. Every time they'd raise a crop, then the Philistines would come in and get what they had and take it off. Oh, one a time. Robbing them. Just like it is today. About every time you get your church built up, first thing you know, somebody comes along and says, Oh, the days of miracles is past. By the time that body begins, you begin to feel the, 
moving of the Spirit, and you're getting a little better. Somebody said, now that's just, the, that's just psychology. You're not any better. That's the old devil that's coming in to rob you. When you've got your faith placed in God, leave it there. That's right. And these Philistines, by the time the Israelites didn't have any king then, and just about the time that they'd get their crops all raised and harvest, all the hard work done, in would come the Philistines, take what they had and go back. They'd starve to death. So one day, this little old fellow by the name of Shangard stood out there. I just liked that little guy. He was standing there in his barn. He said, well, I suppose maybe we'll have enough grain to feed the family this year. He had to listen. Tromp, tromp, tromp. Up the road come about 600 Philistines, all in armor, big spears, tromp, 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 coming to get his crop. My, after all the harvest, after all the trying, after all the efforts, and here comes 600 armed Philistines to take away what he had. I see him look down at his little wife, her ragged sleeve, about naked. He looked at his little children. Their faces are pale. Starved to death. Now if these big old husky Philistines come in and take what they have got, they'll sure starve through the winter. It's about like the little church today, brother. Pale anemia. What we need is the courage and the word of God. Stand out there. Let them old robbers come up. Run them away. Now Shamgard said, now looky here. I know I'm not a warrior. I can't fight. And there's 600 men. What am I going to do? I can see him pace back and forth. He didn't know what to do. Coming closer. Tromp, tromp, tromp. A few minutes, all of his oats would be gone. All the wheat and corn would be gone. Everything he had laid up, his family would be starved. Everything he had done would be taken off over into that big enemy country there. Given away to the enemy. Then the first thing you know, God began to move on him. I like that. He began to get angry. Bye. He looked around and thought, oh my, I'm an Israelite. I'm circumcised. And that's an uncircumcised Philistine coming up there. I'm not a soldier. I ain't got time to go out here and take some lessons and learn how to duel and how to fight. But I tell you, God's my God. So he just reached up there and got an old ox goal. <laughs> you know what an ox goal is? A little old thing had a brass knob on the end of it. You beat the cattle through the corral with he reached up there and got that ox goal. He didn't have time to train to be some kind of a fighter. The emergency was at hand. He had to do it then. And brother, we ain't got time off through schools and around through this way and teach this way and that way. The time's at hand. Right? Take what's there with you. Let's go. Men and women are dying everywhere. He grabbed that ox goal and jumped out there and slew 600 listings. Hallelujah. Oh, he had the courage to trust God and step out there. Not till I go off and learn how to do it. <laughs> oh, my. God is your teacher. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost will back up God's Word every time. Right. I ain't got time to learn about it. He just jumped out there and knocked down 600 Philistines. His kids stayed fat that year. Amen. If there ever was a time that we ought to stand and defile the devil, it's now, my brother. That's right. Samson one time, when they had him all backed up on the corner, he was just a man. He was standing there, he didn't know, he didn't have a weapon in his hand or nothing. He looked down there, lay the jawbone of a mule. He picked up that jawbone of a mule and slew a thousand Philistines. What's in your hand? He did it as the Spirit of God come on him. That's right. 
I lied when I roared one time. A little old curly-headed shrimp about that big standing there. Seven locks hanging down like a little sissy. And the lion run out to roar and he couldn't do nothing. But the Spirit of the Lord come on him and he slew the lion. He took a jawbone of an ass and killed a thousand men with it. Hallelujah. When the Spirit of God come upon him. I'm saying here tonight, brother, if there's any time that the Spirit of God ought to fall on the church, it's today. Turn your cross up. Hallelujah. Get under the spout. I can think of old Elijah. When Elisha had thrown his man alone, he said, come follow me. He went from Dothan. Elisha kept following him. He went to the school of prophets. He followed him. He went on down to Jordan. The very beautiful type of it just had time. I see it's getting away. But it just had time to get to that. How that when he left Dothan, justification through Luther, he went to the school of the prophets with him. Very beautiful symbol of Christ in the church. The old prophet and the young Went up there to the school of prophets, Luther, sanctification. But he finally come down to Jordan. Where everything had to die out. <laughs> Elijah said, you better turn back. He said, as your soul lives, I'll not turn back. He's going to stay with him. I like that. Hold on to it. So he took his mantle off and struck the Jordan. They went across Jordan. Luther. Wesley, Pentecost, the three ages, the three golden candlesticks, this side of the dark age, when it crossed over, got over on the other side. He said, now you've asked, ask what you will and I'll give it to you. Perfect type of the church. All right, he said, I want a double portion of your spirit. Amen. Don't be scared to ask, ask abundantly. You have not because you ask not. You ask not because you believe not. <laughs> That's right. Ask. Ask a whole lot. God will give you a whole lot. Have a lot of faith. A fellow told me the other day, he said he's riding an old Model T Ford yet. He said one day he had to get some good faith and God give him a Buick. He said, I got Buick faith. I'm, I'm praying for Cadillac faith. <laughs> All right. That's good. That's right. Keep on what you believe. Hold on to it. God will give it. He's got Ford faith, but just stay with the Ford then. That's all right. Let's get a little more faith. All right. Now notice. Then he said, Nevertheless, if you see me go, you'll have what you ask. So he walked on. I can see him keeping his eye on that prophet. I hear something say, Oh, Elijah, look over this way. No, no. I'm keeping my eye right on Elijah. So he walked on a type of the church and a type of Christ. Christ being the church, the Elijah rather. And Elisha was the type of the church. Samuel, a woman came to Jesus one time and said, Grant that my sons, one will sit on the right hand and on the left hand. He said, That is not mine to give, but can you drink the cup that I drink? Yes. And can you be baptized with the baptism that I'm baptized with? Said, Yes. Said, You truly can. But the right and left hand is not mine to give. Now watch. Baptized with the same baptism. Notice. He watched him. After a while, a chariot of fire come down and parted him. And the old prophet jumped on the chariot and went up in the rapture. As Jesus went up in the resurrection. And when he went up, then as he's going up, he pulled off his coat and threw it down. And Elijah picked up his coat, put it over his own shoulders 
walk down to the Jordan. A very beautiful type of Christ being taken up, baptized with the Holy Ghost. And when he went up into glory, he sent back the Holy Ghost for us to wear. The church is baptized with the mantle of Christ. These things that I do, a double potion? Yes. What? These things that I do shall you also, and greater than this will you do, for I go to my Father. Is that right? A double potion. Pulled off his mantle and folded it in and let it drop back down on the disciples at Pentecost. And brother and sister, if we've got the Pentecostal blessing, then in the name of the Lord Jesus, let's walk down there and strive her. Where is the God that was on Jesus Christ? Where is the power of His resurrection? Hallelujah! Oh, brother, what's in your hand? What's well, got right in you? It's in your heart. It's all over you. The Holy Ghost, do something about it. Throw it out there and trust God. Say, certainly, God promised it to me, and I believe it. Oh, what this world needs today, on the day of Pentecost, when it was all gathered in one place in one accord, there came the Holy Ghost down like a rushing mighty wind, filled the room where they were sitting. They went out with that same mantle that was up on Jesus Christ, and they even laid in their shadows and were healed. When the Apostle Peter, who they recognized to be a servant of God, walked down the streets of Jerusalem in a shadow, passed over him, and every one of them was healed. It wasn't the Apostle that done it. It wasn't the shadow that done it. It was their faith in God done it. They were in contact with an Apostle, with a prophet, and his shadow passed over him, and they got healed. That same God is in the people today, but you're afraid to let it loose. Turn loose your faith. You're not long ago when I was standing in Durban, South Africa, after journey down through there, thousands and thousands have been converted. We finally gathered up to that great final meeting at Durban. That day, I'll never forget it. When we was all gathered there, the mayor come take me down to the city, out of the city out there, and for three city blocks back from the racetrack were seats lined up, the people sitting. I know for a city block, this side of the grandstands, out in here and more, was people lined up, and they had a little place built plumb back to the other side of the race course. Just as far as you could see this way or that way was people. And there, some of them sitting half naked, more than half naked. For instance, this, a lady gave birth to a baby sitting right like that, just picked it up and started holding it, went on, never paid any attention while the service is going on. Now... Sitting there so ignorant, hardly know what right hand and left. And they were packing little mud idols in their arms, many of them, sprinkled with blood. I said, What you got that idol for? Oh, are you a Christian? Yeah. A Christian? Yes. Well, what you packing the idol for? Said my daddy packed it, and the lion got after him one day, and he made a little fire and said a prayer, and the lion went away, so he's packing it. I said, There's no power in that idol. But what come to find out, friends, that the missionaries that went over there a year a few nights ago standing with the Southern Baptist group of people at a seminary where they was trying to sponsor a meeting, said, would you come over and take this meeting? I said, no, sir, not unless the Lord would tell me to. I said, no, no. I said, we said, well, Dr. Sandon, Billy Grimms, and Wheatley stood there and autographed his book. He said, Brother Branham, the thing that you are... God said, you've got too many holy rulers around you. said, if you let a big church sponsor your meetings. I said, would you do it in 
Wheaton College, where they sponsor my meeting in Minneapolis? said, well, of course. Uh, I said, yes, I thought so. Of course. I said, the only people that are sponsored is those people who's had a touch of God that believes in the supernatural. Oh, he said, we've got the Holy Ghost. I said, let me tell you, brother, if you had the Holy Ghost, you'd believe that message. He said, well, we preach the blood. I said, listen here, when Balak was standing there and offered a sacrifice on seven real Hebrew sacrifices, bullock, ram, every altar bleeding, and there stood Balak with all the renowns, stood out there around the smoldering sacrifice, the same sacrifices offered over in Israel. And Balak went forth to see one part of Israel. And when he come back, instead of cursing Israel, he said, I have not beheld iniquity into Jacob. I've seen him from the hilltop. His strength's like the unicorn. Oh, my. The same bleeding sacrifice that was offered down there in the camp was offered right here. Now, I said, you fundamentalists, you preach the blood. You preach it just as clear as it can be preached. You preach Jesus Christ the great evangelical fundamentals. You preach the birth, the death, the burial, the resurrection, the second coming, clear. I said, that's fine. I appreciate that, but you don't go far enough. And he said, why? I said, the Bible spoke of you. And on the days I said, remember, our troubles, my brother, I'm telling you now, is not coming from communism in the outside world. It's right on the inside of us. The Antichrist is a religious spirit. It started in seed back under Genesis through Cain. Cain offered the same kind of a sacrifice. He knelt down and he prayed. He'd done everything religious that Abel done. Yes, sir. And Jesus said the two spirits in the last days would be so close to deceive the very elect if possible. Is that right? And watch what Paul said. The spirit speaks expressly. And in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Oh, when they had to tell them what to be heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. Where I'm, a place I was talking to a man today, said that the fish bait was so good to be sold on Sunday, that they'd line up up and down there, said a preacher come out to buy some bait. He said, I thought she was going to, had to have Sunday school. said, I got another man to preach for me, and said, my Sunday school, and I thought I'd rather go fishing. He said, I thought at least the preacher would be honest. Condemned the old boy and he went back and preached Sunday school. A sinner. Oh, my. There you are. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. They'll go to Sunday school on Sunday morning and to a bioscope or a movie on the afternoon. Lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Truth breakers, false accusers, and despisers of those that are good. Call them holy rollers. Having a form of godliness. Preaching the blood. Preaching the sacrifice preaching all the fundamentals of the Scripture, but denying the power thereof. The power of what? The gospel. They preach the gospel, but deny the power. Paul said the gospel come to us not in word only, but through power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. I said, Doctor, that's the reason I turned away. I said, a few of you fundamentalists get out there with your lips hanging down, sit there and sour and freeze me to death the first night. I said, as Paul Rader said when he leaned over Hodge's shoulder out there in Los Angeles, right in the same temple where Congressman Upshaw was healed, 
He said, if I told Ern Baxter, my manager, he had said Paul was crying. And he said, Ern, if I would have sold my message to the red-hot Pentecost, I wouldn't be in this condition today, but they've grieved me and worried me that here I am dying with the cancer. Yes, brother. Hallelujah. You can go ahead. I know a lot of them guys that absolutely received the Holy Ghost back under a number of those number of men on the field today, but it's a shame to confess it. But I'm one Baptist that received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and believe it with all my heart and teach it. Hallelujah. I stay true to the old word. Yes, sir. God's confirmed it throughout the entire world. When standing there in Durban, Africa, I said to these great bunch of Baptist ministers who were standing there, Having a supper, Jewish hospital. They had a staff of the doctors down there talk on divine healing. Some great miracles have been done around Louisville. They said, what about this? And one of the doctors said, well, I'll tell you, I find this, that the greatest power in the world is not the atomic bomb, but a believer in contact with his maker. It changes the whole attitude. It changes his mental. It changes his habit. It changes his body. It changes his nature. Everything. Then, how good, I said, gentlemen, looky here, you've been sending missionaries in Africa? And I said, here's Dr. Davis that told me that I'd lost my mind and told me I had a nightmare when that angel appeared to me. And I said, told me, go back home to my tabernacle, and I wouldn't do it. I took off for Jonesboro, and here's where we had our, one of our first meetings, and from there around the world. And I said, you told me to go home. Thou had a nightmare. And I said, the very thing that you call fanaticism, one more souls to Jesus Christ in five minutes' times in South Africa, and the millions of dollars you spent in all the missionaries you sent for the last hundred years down there. Walked out on that stage that day where a hundred thousand people together, a great dramatic thing taking place. The first come forth was a Mohammed woman. I told the missionaries, just go pick you out about five out of each tribe. Because you can't give cards or nothing in there and line them up. And there's a law and they're fussing between. Here's the Indians over here, about 30,000. Here was the Shungai, the Bazutu, and the Zula, and all different kinds, about 15 different interpreters. You speak one word and wait five or ten minutes. So he got through them, all through the interpreters. The first one come up was the Mohammed woman. She had a dot between her eyes, denying Jesus Christ. I said, what did you come to me for? She said, through the interpreter, of course. She said, well, I, I, I know that it's your prayers are answered. said, in God. Mohammed's believe in God, too, but they believe Mohammed was the prophet. I said, I am a Christian. And I said, why did you come to me? She bowed her head. I said, you're suffering now with tuberculosis. She looked at me. Those Mohammeds raised her head. She's a renowned woman among them. They knew that was truth. They began to holler, Krishna, their incarnated God. And Mr. Bosworth then stopped them. Just a moment, he said, I said, you have tuberculosis? Yes. And I said, if you'll accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior now and deny that Mohammed is the prophet and believe that Jesus is the Son of God, you shall be healed. She said, I now accept Jesus Christ as my Savior and walked off the platform. The next coming was another Mohammed. She was a Christian. I said, you was at a doctor the other day who taught your husband went with you and the doctor told you that you had a cyst on the ovary. She said, that's exactly the truth. And she looked at me and I said, your trouble's minor, 
But you prepare for death, for you're not going to live but a little while. And 20 minutes from then, the woman was a corpse. They take her from the ground. She died in a heart attack. All right. Just turned black, and I seen her go away. They take her off. The next was a little old boy. Little black boy. His belly all over this way, as bloody as it could be. They take a cow in a, a sack about like that, a little cloth sack, and they bleed so much blood out of their jugger vein, and then milk so much milk in it, take a stick and churn it until it curdles and makes like a lollipop. They eat that. And, oh, that's a mild diet. You ought to see what they do eat. Anything they can find contaminated and, and, and everything laid on the desert there for weeks. They just jump right and eat like that. They don't care. So then just sitting in those conditions, pagan darkness, missionaries over there for a hundred years. Brother, I'm telling you, it borrows my something within me. I stood there. I said, uh, well, of course, anyone looks, you see the little boy's cross-eyed. I said, God knows I couldn't heal him. I said, there's nothing I can do to heal him. But I said, I don't know when it happened and what caused it. God will reveal it. And I looked back to the little child. I said, the baby was born that way. And the interpreter, he's the Zula. And the interpreter spoke it out there. And the mother raised up to give witnesses all laying on the ground. They'd been laying there just crammed and mashed together. And farther than from here to your main street down there, out from the, the racetrack. Just laying just as far as you could see. And she, yes, that was right. And he was born that way. I said, of course, I could do no more and pray for the little lad. He had his little head down. He lifted his little head and his eyes were just normal as mine. I said, well, you see he's healed. I said, you can pass on little man. They passed him on through. And I started to call the next one. And when I did, I heard somebody fussing behind me. And I looked as the fellow saying, I want to talk to him. Brother Bosworth said, you can't do it. That anointing is on now. We don't permit that. And he said, well, I want to talk to the man. I turned around. It was a doctor. The medical association, the first night when I visited Johannesburg, and that boy, six-inch leg, become normal. The next day, I took breakfast with the medical association to give me the right hand of fellowship and dismissed every hospital anybody want to come to out South Africa. There's around 25 or 30 doctors. The Holy Ghost come down the other night and put his hand on a man's shirt who was trying to deny. I'll tell you about it later when I have a chance. And even burnt the whole print of his hand in his shirt. And here it went across all Africa in two pages on the front paper. The angel of the Lord, the same pillar of fire, stood beside of this country farm. And he stood there and said, thousands. And I've got the right shirts. It's written up here in the book. You'll see it. I've got the old shirt at home with a Dutch Reformed minister. He went up and told this other minister, said, and he said, the man's nothing in the world but a psychic mind reader. He said, God have mercy on your sinful soul. He said, I was right there last night and seen that boy's leg come straight. When he never noticed, he said he'd seen a bus coming from a city called Durban. And told said, I'd seen that girl rise up. He said, this is the day of our visitation. He said, nonsense. He said, I'll go pray for your sinful soul. And he went out to one reformed minister, Dutch reformed, and knelt down on a peach tree. And the man had never heard my story. He'd only heard me stand there about ten minutes time that night. And what the Lord had done, he never heard nothing about the angel Lord. And while he was praying, well, here come a pillar of fire whirling down. Stood before him, and it parted from one side to the other. And he described that angel to a perfect. And said it walked over, and he lay down. And the angel laid his left hand upon his back. And he run back in to tell his friend, he said, I tell you that he stood there and his friend looked like that. And here was a scorched place, just the size of a man's hand, all five fingers laying right on his white shirt. They wear a white shirt and a white tie across his shirt. And the next day, a picture of that big on the front page and the minister with his eyes like that at the angel of the Lord. And he sent, got me, it made my, just exactly my hand like that across his shirt. And there it went throughout all South Africa, the angel of the Lord. Oh my 
there come a witch doctor up with all these enchantments and the Holy Spirit stopped him dead in his tracks like that and he wielded down before the power of the Lord. I tell you, we serve the living God. Yes, sir. They'd come to challenge and move back. And then when he stood there at Durban and I heard this doctor raging, he's a young fellow about 35 years old, and he said, I want to see him. And I heard Brother Baxter leave this way and go back this way. He said, you'll have to get off the platform, doctor. And I turned around. I said, what's the matter, doctor? He said, Reverend Benham, I want to speak a word to you. I said, what is it? He said, what did you do to that boy? I said, nothing, sir. I never touched him. He said, I want to ask you something. Did you hypnotize that boy? Uh, he said, I'll let that kid through the gates down here, the iron gates to keep him around this pen. Where was that? He said, I'll let him through the gates. And I've seen him stand there. And he raised his head. His eyes are still crossed. Now his eyes are straight. He said, he's standing right there. He had it examining. He said, his eyes are straight. He said, what happened? You'll see the boy's picture in there. He said, what happened? He said, you hypnotized that boy. I said, doctor, they give you license to practice medicine and don't know no more about hypnotism than that? And he said, I said, I'm astonished at you. He said, Reverend Branham, there's a big bunch of cow lilies sitting there. He said, I know God's in them lilies, but I can see where your talk could have a psychological effect upon the people out there, which is all right. He said, but I can't see where there'd be anything that life is in that lily could be out here to make that boy's eyes straight. I said, doctor, the only thing you know, his eyes was crossed and now they're straight. You've only got my word to believe. That's all I could say. And Brother Baxter started pulling him off the platform and said, just a minute. And before a hundred thousand people, that man walked out there and said, then I want to receive Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And when I met him out at the gates of Durban or at Johannesburg, when I left, that man put his arms around me and spoke in other tongues. That's the truth. I believe God's going to call him to the ministry. A doctor, a noted English doctor. And then the next case come was a very dandy. Is a man with a collar around his neck. He's leading him like a dog. I said, of course I couldn't help the man. There he is. I said, you can only tell what's gone. And so he, was, he had his azuli, had his ears all big ring out in him where they put plugs in their ears. And, and he's down like this. And he was, I thought he's trying to do a war dance for me like the clown for the tourist. I told him, no, that wasn't it. And so I looked and I said, well, thing the man is doing, I said, he was born in that condition. And the mother and father is around 20. And the mother and father raised up out there back behind where some of the chiefs were sitting. That was right and started crying. I said, what the man's thinking about now? He's got a young brother at home that was hurt riding a big yellow dog. And I said, it hurt his leg. And he's walked on crutches ever since. I said, God has healed the boy now. And away back down here to the left, here come the boy packing his crutches like this, walking down through there. I'll tell you, take it. Let this soak in real deep now so we get outside too. Listen. Jesus Christ said, I can do nothing except my Father shows me first what to do. Jesus saw visions. How many believe that? Say amen. amen. Now look, at the pool of Bethesda, he went through all the cripples and blinds and halt, passed by every one of them, healed a man laying on a pallet. For Jesus knew that he was there. Why didn't he stop some of these other people? God just showed him that one. And then they asked him, they said, the Jews questioned him. Now listen to what he said, St. John 5, 19. Verily, verily, that's absolutely, absolutely, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing in himself. 
But what he sees the Father doing, whatever the Father does, he shows the Son. The Son does these likewise. The Father worketh, and I worketh hither too. And I, I pray to God that God will help you, will bless you to believe. What's say, Call the line. All right. No, all right. Prayer card. Four was it? One and two of, of W's, is that it? One, who's got prayer card 3W? W3. Any word in the building? Raise up your hand. W3, all right, come here, lady. W4. We've been missing deaf people, and I don't want to. W4. W5. Prayer card, w, way back in the wing back there, all right. W5. All right. W6. All right. 7, 8, 9, 10 on up to... Well, let's see how many can we line up there. About 20. All the way to W20. Line up. According to your numbers. Right here on this side. Now look, every one of you, take your card. Turn it over. On this side, it's got your name and address. On the other side, it's got a letter and number. Now, just let those who are holding the prayer cards come this time. Then the next time, we'll call from somewhere else. And now, look on the other side. you got a, a number. And uh, it'll be a letter and a number. It'll be a W up to 20. 1 to 20 first. That's all we can stand. I doubt where we stand all of them or not. W1 to W20. And now let... How many in here wants to be healed and hasn't even got a prayer card? Raise up your hand. There you are. All over the building. Everywhere. All right, now, if you look this way and pray and ask God to help you, God will grant it to you. God will speak right from this audience here to you. You believe it? Amen. All right. Now remember, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thumbs, you want to turn that fan on back if you want to, brother Rita. See some of the people perspiring. All right. W one to twenty first. Now, if Jesus Christ was here, the Son of God, what would He do? He would be able to know your conditions. That's about all I could say. Now look, you say, Brother Branham, you mean he only done what God told him? Now listen, that's his word. Do you believe it? Amen. Jesus Christ never done one miracle without first God showing it to him first. Now you say, well, Brother Branham, look, there comes some blind man pushing through the street one day. Hold have mercy on me, Lord, have mercy on me. He just walked on. He went on into the house. When they come in the house, they come to him and said, Lord, have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. He turned around and touched their eyes and said, according to your faith. Is that right? Amen. Not mine, yours. Father hadn't showed him. And they had faith and their eyes were open. A woman come touched the hem of his garment. He never healed her. No, sir. Jesus said he didn't heal her. He turned around and said, daughter... Be of a good cheer. Thy faith has saved thee. Is that right? It's your faith in the finished works of God what does it. 
Thy faith has saved thee. Not mine, yours. Look at Lazarus, the resurrection of Lazarus. Jesus, they called him. Come pray for Lazarus. He went on away. They called him again. He went on, kept on going. And on the third day, he said, or four days, he said, Lazarus sleepeth. They said, he doeth well. He said, Lazarus dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there, but I'll go waking. When he come to the tomb where Lazarus was buried, look what he said. He said, Father, I thank thee that thou hearest me always, but I say it for the cause. These are standing by. You know just exactly what God was going to do. God had showed him. That's the reason he stayed the four days till the vision is fulfilled. Come back. Done what God told him to do. That fulfills his word. I do what the Father shows. Now, if he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, he'll do tonight just exactly the same thing. He's in his church. Don't you believe it? Amen. There he is. Not no matter you could pour a gallon of oil on your hands. You got unconfessed sins and so forth, it'll hang right with you. That's right. Get right with God, clean out your heart, and you see here on the platform, night after night, sins and everything exposed. Don't come up here, sin hanging on you, unless you know what you're, if you don't want it called out, you better confess it before you get here, see. You're not long ago, there was an imposture slipped in the line. Goes to a great church. We was at Windsor, Ontario. We had 8,500 the first night in the meeting. Long about the end of the meeting, there was a man come to the platform, fine-looking fellow, dressed in a gray suit and a red tie. He come up there. I was so weak. Um, vision just weak in me. He come up. He said, uh, I want to be healed, Reverend Branham. And I just took hold of his hand to see if what was... I said, you haven't any disease, brother. And he said, uh, oh, yes, I have. He thought it was a mental telepathy. He said, ask that usher down there got my prayer card. Look on it. I said, I don't care what you put on the prayer card. You, there's nothing wrong with you. You're not a sick man. He said, I am a sick man. I said, you, you're not. I said, you might have been, sir. But maybe you had faith out there in was healed. He turned around, stuck his hands in his pocket and said, so that's the way it is, is it? Uh-huh. Faith in the audience. He said, I know that's... I thought, Lord, what's going on? Just then I looked at him. I seen a vision break. I seen him sitting at a table with a green scarf hanging over it, with a man with a, with a blue suit on sitting across the table. And I said, you belong to a certain denomination, which I won't expose to tonight, which speak where the Bible speaks and silent words silent. I said, you belong to that church and you're a minister of that church. He said, no. I said, don't you lie before God. I said, you sat at a table last night where a woman with... It was a dress with a green dress on. And she had a scarf on the table, which was green. A man with a red suit on set across the table. And you said you was coming down to write on there that you had TB and everything for his mental telepathy. And a man up the audience screamed out and said, That's the truth, preacher. I was the one was with him. And here he come. That man fell and grabbed me by the trouser leg like that. I said, The disease that you put on that prayer card will be on you the rest of your life. And it is. There in Madison Square Garden. Where we're sitting there, that hard one of these guys to come hypnotize me. Them guys that makes go to these army camps and makes them boys bark like a dog. You know how it is. And some bunch of unbelievers. Here it is. Coming hard, that man, to come hypnotize me on the platform. And I was standing there speaking. I kept feeling a strange spirit somewhere. I looked out and there it was sitting there. I thought, Lord, what can I do? I just kept on speaking. I think it's in my book. Kept on speaking. 
watching. I watched the Spirit see what it would say do. I watched it hang over and I see the dark thing move around over him. I turned around and said, Why did you come to deceive like you have? I said, Because you have done that, God will rebuke you and the man's paralyzed today. They took him from the building. Right? Get his address there and see if that isn't right. He's come, wrote letters and everything else. I said, Tell him to repent. That's up between him and God. Don't you try it. We're not playing church, friend. This is not a bunch of worked up excitement. We're talking of the power of God. I don't care how much bogus you've seen. You're in His presence now. You believe. And any of those testimonies are bonafide. Ask and find out. I mean doctor's statements. Not just here say and there say it's the truth. Now believe, friends. God has a way. You believe it tonight while we pray. Lord, have mercy. Come, Lord Jesus. Bless these poor people that are in need. I pray that in Christ's name that you will help everyone. May they be made well through Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, sir. Now, everyone, just as reverent as you can be for a minute. Now, I know it's hard. But now, these pictures here, how many have seen this? Of course, you all have in this time. I wish I'd brought some with me. You can have one if you're right at home. I think they sell them for 50 cents. That's testimony by the United States government. Hangs in the Hall of Fame at Washington, D.C., and the Hall of Religious Art. Only supernatural beam has ever... Photograph. See, it's a pillar of fire. Ask what George J. Lacey, the head of the FBI, on fingerprint said about it. There's his statement right on the back of it. You'll see. Now he's here. I want you to be real reverent. Now, when the patient's coming, listen closely. Be in prayer. God will heal you if you'll only believe. Have faith. Now, after being preaching, friend, it's a little hard to get jostled back. Our master, of course, he was, that was God. Back to the place where anointing. And just look around me here. Everything's spirit around me. There's people suffering here. There's people suffering there. There's people suffering here. There's people suffering here. Everywhere those spirits coming in. The anointing comes down. It's subject. Every spirit becomes subject to it. And then you just don't know when a vision breaks. You don't can't tell where it's at. We don't have it this way in our big meetings. How many has ever been in any of our big meetings and see? They, we don't have nobody on the platform, just the patient. That's all me and the patient. All right. Now, lady, I believe that we are strangers, are we not? We are. I just want to talk to you a few moments. And if you be a stranger to me, raise up your hand. If I, I'm a stranger, no, you're not. Don't know you nothing about you. Just a woman picked up a prayer card and walked in this line. Now, when Jesus Christ was here on earth, he met a woman at the well. He began to talk to her, said, bring me a drink of water. He was only trying to contact her spirit. See, you are, you are human, and then also you are a spiritual being. 
the spiritual being is on the inside of you, your makeup. And then your human being, which by that you're a female, a woman. And I'm your brother in Christ, or you are a Christian. Now, when this Nathaniel came to Jesus, he said, Behold an Israelite in whom there is no guile. In other words, a just person, a Christian. He said, When did you know me, Rabbi? I said, Before Philip called you when you were under the tree. He didn't try to figure out what it was. He just said, Thou art the Son of God, the King of Israel. Now, if Jesus is the same tonight as He was then, and I declare that He promised, These things that I do shall you also. I'll be with you even in you plumb to the end of the world. Now, that's, that's either the truth or it's an error. And it's the truth. God knows it's the truth. Now, these are gifts and things that are said in the church. You being a Christian woman, then you come to me for help. The only thing that I could do would be pray for you or do something to arouse your faith. Isn't that right? Now, do you believe that the things that I have told is the truth, lady? Amen. You believe it. Well, then, if there's anything about you, anything wrong with you, anything in your life, God will, something will have to let me know it. Isn't that right? Because I've never seen you. Now, is that right, audience? You see the woman I've never seen. Something will have to let... I don't know the woman. She just picked up a prayer card, and here she is on the platform. I've never seen her. Know nothing about her. Now, it'll have to come through some revelation of supernatural being. Now, if Jesus Christ was here with my suit on, He'd know what was the matter with her, what? But if He's the same yesterday and forever, He lives in His church and He can still do it through His disciples. Is that right? Sister, I just want, I want you to look at me here just a moment so I can talk to you. See, it's everywhere around people's got much faith because they've been in these meetings and it makes it kind of hard. I'm, you know, I'm waiting on something this microphone's life. I'm just waiting to see what he'll tell me. Remember the prophet went forward to see what God had said. Tuck up a parable and went forward. That's just what I have to do too to get the, the anointing on. Now, just a little talk with you moment. Uh, of course you're wearing glasses for your eyes that's anyone can see that but there you're more than that wrong with you you have uh, you've been examined lately and uh, there's something about your head isn't that right? And it's a, it's a tumor. Is that right? In the head. And you're up for an operation for it. Is that right? Is that the truth? You believe now me to be God's servant? If I shall ask you, will God help you? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. May thy power come upon our sister. May she be healed. As your unprofitable servant lays hands upon her and ask that she be made well. Through Jesus Christ's name, may it be. And may she be made well. Amen. God bless you, my sister. 
May you go in the Lord Jesus' be with you. Come right back this Now, Reverend, everyone, please. You with that little girl on your lap. You're praying, wasn't you? Isn't that right? Yes, sir. Oh, the man with the corduroy shirt on there. You believe me to be God's prophet? You do? God bless you. Or you're interested in that child. Isn't that right? The child has some kind of spells, doesn't it? Like, like epilepsy or something like that passes out of sea and have laid out work with it. Is that right? Put your hand over on it. Just a Our Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll bless that child and may it be healed. For thy glory, I pray that you'll grant these kind things in the name of thy Son, Christ Jesus, for his Lord. Amen. The Lord bless you, my brother. I trust that your faith reaches to God and the child will cease to have those spells. May God be with you and help you. Have faith in God. How do you do, lady? Of course, I'm... I'm just His servant. We're strangers, are we? When I was here the other time? Well, Brother Brown's at Little Rock. He's here somewhere tonight, I believe. He was here with two. 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 Lord bless you, sister. Do you believe me to be his servant? I believe that. I believe that you do that. That's cancer, don't you, sister? Heart trouble, too. Is that right? That's right. Come here. Lord Jesus. You said when He, the Holy Ghost, has come, He will show you things to come. I pray that you'll heal this woman as I, your servant, lay hands upon her in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, for her healing. Amen. God bless you. Go don't doubt. Have faith and believe with all your Be reverent. Have faith. Have faith in God. How do you do, sister? Are we strangers? We are strangers, perfect strangers. Do you believe me to be God's prophet? You do. I believe you do too. Then if I be God's servant and his spirit is here, like he would if he was here standing in my clothes, well, he would know what was wrong with you. You know your life. 
But now, it takes your faith to heal you. That's God's program, His plan, His faith. But these are only to let your faith lift up to God. Isn't that right? That's right. It's only to lift up. You have cancer also. Isn't that right? And isn't that in the female gland somewhere? Down in the female gland, a cancer. Only one chance to live, and that's God. Um, you, uh, I see something standing between us. Uh, your your husband is a sick man too, isn't he? Doesn't he have some kind of spells like or something? Uh, an epilepsy. That's what it is. And he's a sinner, isn't that right? You've been trying to lead him to Christ, isn't that right? Was that the truth, lady? Yes, sir. Come here. You believe now. Almighty God, author of life, giver of every good gift, send thy blessings upon this poor mortal, whom I bless in thy name. May she go home tonight and be perfectly well. May her husband get healed and saved. May she be, they become your servants and live for you. I bless her for extension of life in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless thee, my sister. Grow in God's peace be with you as you God bless you. Have faith in God. Someone sitting right there has been healed. It's a young woman. Yes. But you you got a baby, haven't you, or something that you're concerned about? Isn't that right? A little child. Have you been healed recently or something? Or last night? Was you healed here in the service? Sitting out in the audience and just believed. Is that right? You got a baby, haven't you? You see, you believe that God will. He- was you say- thinking something about your baby then? Or to be, it-, it could be healed. The little baby has a kidney trouble, doesn't it? Is that right? Raise up your hand. Now go put your hands on your baby when you go. It'll get well too. The Lord bless you. You have faith. Believest thou this that the Lord Jesus Christ? Same yesterday, today, and forever. Believe God. God shall bring it to pass. Little child's nervous, isn't he? I know what's wrong with the baby. I'm trying to see what will happen. You've had it here before, haven't you? You've had the baby here before. And it's, it's a nervous condition. I know, what's, I know what's the matter of it, sister. You know what everybody else could see. You see, isn't that condition born that way? But I don't know what he's done for it. I want to find out what he's done before I say anything. You see. Just keep your hands on it. Keep patient and pray. If you want, hold your hand on Let me pray for it there. Lord Jesus, I pray for that little baby. It's nervous. 
I ask you to be merciful to us. Grant us, Lord. It's hot here in the building, and I pray that you'll heal In Jesus Christ's name, I ask you. Amen. Now, sister, if you want to give it a little air, go ahead. If you want to take it out and walk it around, give it some air, go ahead, and then I want to see it again a little bit. Have faith now. The baby's going to get over that, if you just believe that. You believe, sir? You believe? You believe. You don't have to have a prayer card out there now. Those people without prayer cards, just keep praying. You don't have to be on a platform. You, I just challenge your faith in the name of our Lord Jesus that you look this way and say, God, I believe that the man's telling the truth in his cup. It's just according to the Bible. Ask God that. Say, God, I believe it's your word. You said you'd be the same yesterday and forever, and I believe you're here. I believe scientific proof has proved it. I believe that you're in the church tonight. I believe it. I'm in need. You help me. Watch what he'll do for you. Would you like to that lung trouble, lady? You believe that God would heal you? There's a man sitting back there with a rupture, too, sitting right there on the end, too. Would you like to be healed? The only thing you have to do is ask and believe. You shall receive what you ask for. You just have faith. God will bring it to pass. How do you do? Is this your patient? Excuse me, sir. Sometimes it sways me around a hard note. Are we strangers, mister? We are strangers. Do you believe that... He is here to bless you. You believe that he would uh, he would heal you. Uh, you do believe that. You believe me to be his servant, his prophet, been sent. Now, if I don't know you, never seen you, know nothing of you, you understand it's hard tonight. In these nights when you're working here, spirit everywhere, it's pulling from every side. But that's the reason I'm talking to you. To see if I can... The Lord will let me see you. You remember, Peter said as he passed through the gate, beautiful, look on us. And Elisha said one time, Elijah said, it wasn't that I respected the presence of Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even look at you. But in other words, look just means to take heed, to pay attention. That's the reason I'm looking to you. To get your attention from these others that's praying. Yes? You are just not sure what's wrong with you. They don't even know. You, 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 some think you got heart trouble and sometimes you think it's kidney trouble. Isn't that right? The symptom shows both ways. Say you... I see a... A white gown, or it's no, it isn't. It's a, or it's an operation. And I see it repeat three times. You've had three operations. Is that right? And you've uh, one. They, they've taken a something out of your back, or, or or it's a gallbladder off the liver. Is that right? That's right. Was that true? Yeah. That wasn't me speaking, sir. I'm Brother Branham speaking now. That was him speaking then. Don't you have faith in him? 
God be merciful to my Amen. Have faith in God. I see a man and woman sitting there. They're husband and wife, I believe. The man has something wrong with his head. He's some head trouble. wife has stomach trouble. Isn't that right, sir? Put your hand over on her. You were sitting there praying, wasn't you? The Lord Jesus is going to make you both well now. God bless you, brother. There you go now. Lord Jesus, I pray that you'll be with them and bless them. Their dear faith moved up here and pulled to you, Lord. Make them well for God's glory, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, brother. I mean, you, a sister, it's just coming to the time of life when you're nervous is what's done that. Don't fear. You had quite a time doing child there and so forth. Isn't that right, brother? See, I see it now. It's break before me. Now, if that's the truth, raise up your hand, sir. That's right. i never seen you. Don't know you. You're just a man sitting in the audience. But that's all truth, is it? Then I have some way of knowing it. Isn't that right? I say, Jesus Christ, do you believe it so? Then he knows you. Go now and do just what I told you to do. You'll get all right. You've had quite a bit of strain and upset, both of you. Nerve conditions, what's caused your whole trouble for both. She's got a peptic ulcer in her stomach. Her food sours and she tastes it in her mouth bitter. When she lays down, she has trouble with it and everything. Isn't that right? Is that right? It just keeps moving. There's something about you, brother. God loves you. Now you go and believe both of you. You're going to get all right. God bless you. Have faith in God. How everybody in this building could be healed. Now the Holy Spirit, the angel of the Lord, standing straight over the light. There's a woman praying. I see her. She's got brown hair. All right, lady, you with the little yellow jacket on there. God heard your prayer. You've been self with sinus, haven't you? Isn't that right? That's right. Raise up your hand. All right. Go home now and rejoice and be happy and praise God and get well. Faith, Savior. Been sitting there praying. Us. Oh, there's no need to explain it. You know, have faith. Believe God, how could you doubt him? Bring the lady. How do you do, lady? Don't be weary. His presence. 
if I be God's servant, will you do as I would tell you to do? Would you like to be well again? Would you like to serve God the way you'd like? Really, your heart desires to serve you. You will. Will you go do it? If God lets you get well, that stomach trouble and things, will you go do it? Will you do it? May the Lord bless you and go do just exactly what He put on your mind then to do. Will you do it? I'll be with you now. Go back this way. How do you do? Thank you, sister. You couldn't say a greater thing to me than God bless you. You believe me to be his servant? I was just startled on something just then. But I, I called something out one time here that said an ought against two ministers to me today that they, they hardly have anything to do with me because I said they were unbelievers in what I was talking about. I could have said the same thing a few moments ago, but I helped my peace, and I know who's listening and understands what I mean right now. Don't think I didn't know that, but... We strangers, sister, we never met before. Well, then, if I be God's servant, then God will reveal to me of you. Is that right? You believe. You are... You have complications. Many things are wrong. I see one of the main things. You... uh, One of the main things that you have, it left me, and it was people was praying and seeing. Now you look just this way. Look on me just a minute. You believe me to be God's prophet? You do with all your heart. I had to take up my parable again. Yes, you have arthritis. I see you kind of a stiff like, hard to get up of a morning. You kind of scoot yourself sideways to get out of bed. You have arthritis. Many say, aren't you some kind of a a teacher or missionary or something like that, something in that field? Don't you kind of teach and do missionary work or something? Isn't that the truth? Evangelistic? I've seen you with the scriptures teaching to people. Is that the truth? It is. And hasn't somebody prayed for you today? Wasn't there an elderly man? I believe it was Brother Ryan. An old man prayed for you. I see standing in a hall or something. Is that right? Well, that's when God answered prayer. Return back to your place. You don't have to do that. Have faith in God. Where is where's Mr. Ryan? I saw him in a vision just now. Brother Ryan, is he here? I saw him in a vision just a few minutes ago about something. What was it? What was it? What was it? Pray for this lady. Oh, Brother Ryan. Oh, did you pray for 
see Christian friends, anybody pray for you. The gift of healings in the church, everybody could have it. You'd be on one man the other. It's nine spiritual gifts in the church. God recognizes that. If you feel led to go pray for somebody, go do it. That's if you've got the Holy Spirit, God's leading you to do those things. All right, come, sir. Have faith now in God. Believe. I remember. Can I talk just a minute? It's kind of getting me down. I ever want real reverence. I let everybody just try to be level and calm just as, as you can. You don't realize, friend, what a strain. You're living in two worlds at the same time. But the angel of the Lord that you see on this picture is here now. And every spirit in the building is subject to me by Jesus Christ at this time. Every spirit. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I take possession of every spirit in this building. Now, believe me, if God testifies of being truth, it's truth. I didn't see you laying there, sir. You believe? Have you got a prayer card? You don't. Do you believe me to be his prophet? You do. My dear brother, you must be sick from the way you look. You must be very sick. If if I will be able to tell you by God's spirit what's wrong with you, would you feel encouraged to believe God for your healing? You would. I don't know at this time. You just keep praying, will you? i got a long prayer line here, sir. Just keep praying. All the rest of you, just keep in prayer now. Be ready. It seems like a, a milky haze hanging over here now. If the people... Friends, you, you, if a man says something, a man can come through and say all kinds of things... You, have, you, don't have no, you don't have to believe it until God says it's the truth. And if it's according to God's Word and God backs it up and says it's the truth, it's a sin to disbelieve it. Now the Holy Spirit has healed every person, Jesus Christ, when He died at Calvary, healed every person, and every person is now under subjection to this supernatural being. If you'll believe me as His prophet, you can receive what you desire. Believe me that I pray, not me, believe what I tell you, that Jesus Christ has already healed you. You just receive it. All things this does is just declare His presence, a vindication of Him being here. How marvelous. How my spirit screams out when I see darkness gathering over the people's why can't everyone believe our Lord Jesus? Give my life for it. I'm still ready, and I'll declare this, that Jesus Christ, the same great healer that walked the Sea of Galilee, is in this building now. 
fulfilling that it might be fulfilled which is spoken by himself saying I'll be with you even in you to the end of the world and the things that I do shall you also how do you do sir I believe we're strangers are we sir Oh, for that little cap of faith that would just move the whole thing just now. Just one little stone to be turned and it would be over. It could only be. Oh, it seems so close to... <coughs> Us, we're strangers, are we, sir? You believe the Lord Jesus Christ. You do. A Christian man. I'm so happy for that. You have a very odd thing you're asking for tonight, isn't it? Shall I say it or just, you know what I'm talking about? Shall I say it or just keep it to myself? You know what I'm speaking of? Either way. Your makeup from childhood has been strange. That's right. You're desiring a worthy thing. Sterile. Is that true? Yes. Say, I, <coughs> aren't you in the Navy? or yes. you're, Aren't you a sailor? I see clothes or a man standing by the side of you. Just, it's you. Yes. You are a sailor. You are now. Yes. You're in the Navy now. Yes. Well, God bless you. Go and be made whole Hallelujah. in the name of the Lord. Believe on the Lord. <coughs> Trying hard, sir. Just keep believing. If there's anything I could do, I'd do it. But I can't. It's your faith, sir. Uh, you couldn't hide your life from me. But healing, God's already done that. You see, you have to really believe it in your heart. Accept it. Believe it. Is this the man here? This, how do you do? Are we strangers, sir? We are strangers. Do you believe me to be God's servant? You do. Thank you. If I be God's servant, God knows you. He knows all his servants. You're aware that you're in some kind of a presence, aren't you? You know that. That you're in the divine presence of something. It's our Lord Christ, not your, your brother, the Lord Jesus. You're very much been upset, haven't you, brother? You are a Christian man, and I, you, it seems like, yes, there is, you have had, been in an operation. You've had two of them. 
two operations. You have a stomach trouble, don't you? You're all nervous and upset. Isn't that right? That's what's causing a much of Say, I've seen a, a car smash. You've been in a car accident or something. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. And didn't it hurt your back? I see him moving you to your back. Yes, sir. Hurt your back. And you're a preacher. You're a minister of the gospel. Yes, sir. Isn't that the truth? Yes. You believe me to be his servant now? Come here. Lord Jesus. Be made well. Bless our dear brother and send him away in Jesus' name. God be with you, my dear brother. And make you everywhere. Are you ready to believe? You believe the Holy Spirit's here? You believe the, the angel of the Lord is tipped over this building here tonight? Look, God wants to make every person here well. Do you believe? Trying hard, aren't you, sis? The polio addicted. Have faith, have courage. Just keep praying. Believe. Oh, how the Holy Spirit can sweep this building, heal every person here right now. you always see the Do you believe it? Put your hands over on one another. Let's have a prayer together. Put your hands over on each other. Let's stand to our feet and give it praise. Raise up, sir. You've had cancer, haven't you?